0: welcome to the mr vincent podcast i'm your host emmanuel vincent and i'm fresh off finishing recording with the big homie v wrapped up about 10 15 minutes ago um and of course we discussed uh, the last dance documentary as the final two episodes will be airing tomorrow night which means that this podcast series we've been doing for the past several weeks will be coming to an end relatively soon um so for this episode we did um discuss whether or not the media making a correlation between mike's gambling habits and his father's murder whether or not that was fair or foul uh, we also talked about the infamous well now infamous uh, meme of mike laughing hysterically at the ipad um after being shown the clip of uh gary payton saying that had he guarded jordan throughout the duration of the um, nba finals in 96 that um it might have been a different outcome essentially so we touched on that and we also did talk about um scotty pippen too and uh his leadership or lack of leadership that he showed um um in the uh, 94 semifinals against the uh new york knicks all that and more so here it is right now it's the mr vincent podcast episode 39 tap in yeah so we are, we are coming out to the end of this we got one more podcast left because the last episodes air on uh tomorrow night the last dance that it is so what was your takeaway like one thing
1: that you took away from the last last week's episode, seven and eight. Damn, to throw in a curveball. I actually just had this conversation with my boy last night. Um, I guess my biggest takeaway from the Jordan thing was like, damn, how lit would it be to get one of these for the Kobe Shaq 3 hmm. But we'll never get Kobe's perspective, yo. That's what hurt. Like, to see, Mike, to see Mike sitting and opening up like that, I think it would have been dope, yo, for Kobe to talk about things 30 years after he did them. Like, bro, you came in the league as a kid. So a lot of that stuff is like, yo, what is your mindset today on that compared to back then? Like, mm-hmm. what, you different? what do you think was your fault? Like, things like that, man, we're never going to get from Kobe. So it's tough. So I guess it's making that's making me appreciate uh, Mike's special a little more. Yeah.
0: Yeah, someone put it up a, a few weeks ago. Um, Like, different scenarios. Like, what documentary would you like to see? That was one of the options. Kobe and Shaq's three pre-run. the OKC Dynasty. And then I forgot what the other two were. But I said, yeah, I said Kobe and Shaq easily.
1: That would be dope. dope, get dope. Like that. Can't call no OKC Dynasty. They didn't win nothing. Well, yeah. Not, I, I, I don't. Yeah, not a no. dynasty. My fault. No, but, but I hear you, though. Like, I don't even want to see that because... They were just emotional, and they never won. So it's like, what's the what's the success at the end of it? Like, and they weren't together for that long. They only played three seasons together. That's what I'm saying. J- like, and, I'm, and KD. I'm okay. like if they won through all that turmoil, yeah, like let's see that. But yeah, they went through all that, and they still lost. Like, who cares?
0: <laughs> I th- I think I think the other option too was LeBron coming back from three one. I think that's gonna happen eventually down the line. Because that was just oh, too big, God. too big of a couple. LeBron
2: coming
1: down from three one. Dog, LeBron whole yeah. career, dog. He's been to. He went to what nine straight finals. Yeah, yo, the LeBron story is gonna be crazier than Mike. I don't care what anybody says because it ain't just about basketball. All the stuff he's done off the court, the position, he's friends in the the political, the political stances he's taken, the hard lines he's taken against against like social justice issues. Oh, LeBron special is gonna be crazy.
0: And, and the fact that LeBron has went through more hardships on the basketball court than Mike will make it a little bit
1: more appealing and more interesting. Yeah, so because people, when Mike, started, when Mike started winning, he never stopped. That's exactly. not actually true. Because if we remember when he came back, he lost that season. Oh, to Orlando, yeah. You feel me? But we're going to, oh, he he only came to, all right, whatever. But, like, that's the narrative y'all are pulling. Out, are putting out. Like, as soon as he started winning, he never stopped. That's not true. He lost and then went back to three in a row. But LeBron, LeBron literally started going to the chip and never stopped. Like, yeah, he won some along the way. But bro, every year going to the chip, that's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's a
0: definitely an amazing accomplishment. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you wanna if you wanna make a documentary based on LeBron's whole career, you can do that
1: too. Dude, he took Dela to the finals, man. <laughs> Delhi.
0: Yeah, man. No, nah, it, it it was great.
1: So, um, I mean, yeah. But the other the other takeaway I have is the one that everyone talked about with Mike getting emotional and asking for a break. <laughs>
0: oh no, no, yeah, i don't talking about that. How do you feel about like? Do you think that, that was a little over exaggerating there on Mike's part? Do you think um, it was real emotion he was showing? No,
1: it, I don't. I don't. I think it was real emotion. Like I don't think it was exaggerating. I think the way they edited it didn't do it justice cuz i don't think mike just got emotional from that i feel like it was part of a bigger conversation that they edited and gave you that mm-hmm. part cuz i don't i don't see what he said that got him all choked up like cuz you know it'd be different if he was reacting to people's reaction to the special you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying this is still back then before we even got a chance to weigh in on anything so it's not like it's like all oh, people see me as this guy that i'm really not or I really don't know what that was like. It was just weird. Like he got choked up. Like if you don't want to play that way, don't play that way. Yeah, but you didn't really give nobody that option. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Words.
1: So so like um, do not see and I, and I hate doing this when I when I butcher people's names. You know the the analyst on ESPN. He'd be on Get Up, Dominique.
2: Yeah. What's
1: Dominique's his Foxworth?
2: last name?
1: I think it's Foxworth. Yeah. So he made a great point talking about the special he goes, what stood out to me was for the fact that the only thing Mike really cared the most about was winning, like, he's like, dude, I can, I can put a list of things down I care more about than football, my family, Um, like, it, it was crazy, like, to hear him go through that, and I'm like, yeah, like, football was a means to create a better opportunity for myself and people around me, but at the expense of everything, like, even parenting, like, winning was more important than all of that, like, people keep respecting that, and it's like, ah, I really don't, though, like, I don't know. Like, that's weird to me. Like, to make up stuff about people that they said or did to you to give you an extra edge, that's a little crazy. You, like, that's like a psychopath.
0: Yeah. It, it, really, it really is psychotic when you think about it. Yeah.
1: You're a psychopath. It's like Batman. You're a multi billionaire <laughs> that puts on a bat suit at night and beats up bad guys. Like, <laughs> So that's how I look at Mike, dude, with that. It's like, dude, you were really a psychopath. And, um... I like the expression bigger than the game because everyone's giving his, Mike this thing where it's like, he just wanted to win. He just wanted to win that. Like, you can't fault him for that. Like, you can. Because it's not okay to be a shitty person just because you're trying to be a winner. Like, I don't know. I can't give him a pass for that. So... so, here so now, go ahead, Michael.
0: No, i do good. Um, so, you, so, you think that his... Obviously, his leadership tactics were unconventional as opposed to someone like a LeBron. So... Not not everybody can deal with that pressure that Mike um presented. So do you think that he was in essence a good leader or a bad leader? Um, so
1: that's weird because I don't know, yo. I, I can't say good or bad. I'd say not the type of leader I'd want to follow. Like different things work for different people and I had the same conversation. Like, who would you rather play with, LeBron or Mike? Dude started killing me like, ah oh, man, like Yo, when you care about winning, I'm like, okay. But you're a professional athlete, yo. Like, you're doing your dream job. You don't want to enjoy it a little bit? Like, you just want to win and look back and be like, yo, I won? Okay. What about the process, though? You didn't enjoy none of that? That's why Gronk is playing in Tampa right now. (laughs)
2: Like,
1: you don't – like, you got to be able to enjoy the process. I got to enjoy being here. Me enjoying being here will get more out of me. I will go harder knowing that I get opportunities here as opposed to just – I don't know, man. Like, Bron's going to get me the ball. He's going to put me in, in position to be successful. And he's going to get me paid. He's going to go to management and say, yo, get this dude paid before somebody else does. Like, LeBron. In favor. for those reasons, I'd rather play with LeBron.
2: Hmm. True.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, Everybody like everybody can't do what Michael Jordan did in terms of like the way he went about being a leader. It's, it's either in your DNA or it's not. Like you can't knock somebody like LeBron for the way that they lead. I think it's just about really personalities. But an interesting thing, and I think I sent you this uh, this this tweet when I seen from Jamal Hill when she basically said, um, I have it here right here right in front of me. Um, different media age and different players, but I hope this puts Kobe being perceived as a quote unquote bad teammate in perspective. Hashtag the last dance. A lot of people used to shit on Kobe in the media. He's a bad teammate, but Mike was probably even worse than Kobe, honestly. Yo. He might have been worse than Kobe.
1: But but that's the thing, too. It's like people are watching this special and they're forgetting all the negative and just going like, oh, he was a winner. After Kobe died, everybody came out like, oh, my God, Kobe. I'm like, where the hell was this? Like, are you kidding me? Like, other than Kobe, being yeah. a basketball player. Y'all destroyed that man. That man went and won an Oscar. Y'all tried to take it from him. And now all of a sudden, everyone's old oh, Kobe Mamba mentality. Like, get off the nuts, yo! Like, I I hate when people do that. Like, I the reason that I put LeBron over Jordan as far as who I want to play with, even Kobe. I don't respect people who lead from emotion.
2: <clears throat>
1: like, I don't I don't like emotional leaders, yo. Like that, I, I'm I'm just not with it. I'm good. Like. So, again, imagine me being, like, a power forward or a center. I'm bigger, stronger than Mike. Mike's in my face telling me what? Bro, we're talking about the 90s? i punch him in his mouth, you're like, what do you mean? <laughs> but you couldn't do that to MJ because you're going to get blackballed. So, like, Charles Barkley came out and made a great statement. He's like, MJ knew who to pick on. Like, of oh, course. And then, you know, Stephen A. Smith had to come cape for Jordan, and Jordan gave it to everybody. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> He didn't do it with Oakley. He didn't do it with Oakley, and even someone like Rodman. I'm sure you said some things to Rodman, but I'm sure you wasn't in his face calling him soft. I promise you that. Like, no. (laughs) Like, but you know that, like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I like this special because it confirms everything I felt already about MJ. Yes, he's one of the greatest athletes of all time, but as a person, seems like a pretty shitty person. Like... I don't know, man. Winning can't be the most important thing in life. Winning at a game or at your profession. Like, like your profession got to be able to provide opportunities to make your life and your family's life better. Like, that's what you should appreciate the most, I guess. And I feel like you look at LeBron, how he embraces the whole family thing is way different than Jordan. Jordan was extremely selfish about his. Talking about, I don't want to be a role model. Bro, your whole slogan was, be like Mike. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know. if I mean, obviously, LeBron is more
0: – he's more out, out there in the open with his family in life. I don't really know how Michael Jordan was with his family. Um, but, I, I, but I see one of his kids. I forget what son's name. He, I think he's basically in position to lead the Jordan brand when Mike is, is gone or retires um, from that. I think, I think it's Marcus Jordan. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Mike's a really – I mean, we, we see from the special that Mike is very, very private. I think he really just wants the world to see him as a basketball player and nothing else. So I don't really know what he does behind the scenes and how he and shit what he had with his kids. I think his kids were all on the um, on the Breakfast Club a few weeks ago, but I didn't watch that. I watched that episode. Is, that's
1: that's not that's not fair though, because to say that I just want to be a basketball player, nah. When AI says I just want to be a basketball, I think I used this example in the last podcast. Like when AI says I want to just be a basketball player, I could believe it because of the endorsements you turned down and the reason you turned them down. You can't be on Gatorade talking about be like Mike and talking about, I just want to be a basketball player. No, you're on a commercial hugging little kids, giving them Gatorade, telling them to be like you. <laughs> nah, that's not just being a basketball player. Like that's a lifestyle. Um, same thing with the sneakers, space jam. Who was space jam for adults? Uh, you got, you got, you got a point there. Who like, <laughs> was somebody in Like, nobody in their 30s was, oh, my God, I got to go see this Jordan movie. Dudes in their 30s was taking their kids to go see this Jordan movie. Mm-hmm. So I don't buy it, man. Like, I don't buy none of that. So if you didn't want to embrace any of that, you shouldn't have took the bread. You taking the bread? Yes, you are in the spotlight, and there are expectations. Period. Like, I'm, I'm spending this money... On these sneakers for my kid and telling them they're your sneakers and giving them your legacy and all that, yeah, that's a big deal. I don't want that. Okay, don't do the deals. Just be a basketball player. Collect your NBA money and go home. Hmm. That's that's how I feel. You can't come out 30 years later, a billion dollars later, and be like, ah, oh, I didn't want to be a role model. That's how you built your brand, bro. That's how you got all the bread, by being a role model. Hmm. Yeah. I mean that's true. I mean that's a very
0: valid argument. I I really can't I, I can't knock that that stance right there. Cause you said like I mean, you said like obviously there's certain things that, that he's in that he's promoting that is specifically targeted at a certain age group when it wasn't yeah. adults. Like you said with the Space Jam movie or even the Gatorade commercial with the little kids around.
2: So yeah. I mean,
1: that, like what like was the adults even getting the of this back then too? Like it was young dudes that grew up that are old dudes now who are still wearing Jordans, yo. Like, everything was marketed to kids. But you didn't want to be a role model. So, I don't know, man. But I don't think it was a fake moment. But I do feel like there was more to that conversation other than him just being upset about guys not wanting to be dogs. Like,
0: What do you think about the, uh, the, the media trying to make a correlation between his uh, gambling and his pop's murder?
1: Um, realistically, I think it's interesting. Um, I like that they covered that in the documentary because realistically, it's not far fetched though. Again, we're talking about back, back in a time where organized crime really was putting their hands on people a whole lot. Mm
2: -hmm. Like,
1: so for Jordan to be moving in certain circles and yeah, like I don't for, for your dad to be found in a ditch off the side of the road. Like yo, I always got the story as a kid. I thought he was driving through Chicago and they carjacked. Yeah,
0: I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, really know. Like the, I, I, I thought he got shot like in a, in a car. Like I didn't so, know like where it was, and then they found his body. He pulled, the, pulled over.
1: mind you, he was by himself. But they have a whole account of what happened. He got tired, so he pulled over on the side of a dusty ass road. Woke up, and a guy's robbed and shot him, and then dragged his body and threw it in a ravine and left the car on the side of the road. I don't know, man. That seemed more like a message. So do I have anything um, to substantiate that? Nah, but I don't think the media is wrong for that. Like, yeah, you keep getting in trouble. Well, not in trouble. You keep getting in the media for all these gambling things. You have to go to court to talk about a gambling debt. You have to repay this dude over money laundering. And then now your pops just ends up shot and killed in the middle of the woods. So, if it was anybody else, you'd be able to make those connections or ask the questions. But because it's Jordan, you're supposed to be like, nah, don't do it. Like, yo, um, like, I'm not saying he did, but imagine if that, if his gambling or something like that got his pops killed. Like, that wouldn't be something I want to talk about either. Like, but I can't say A and A, but I'm not mad at anybody for investigating.
0: I mean, I mean, to me, it's just like I don't know if they had enough concrete evidence to really put that out, out there that that would like lead like Jordan's habits to his pops' murder. I'm, I mean, I don't know. It, it kind of seems like it's a Chelsea is like it's a little unethical. Being a sense that I've like actually like study journalism, um, it kind of it kind of seems a little unethical. But like you said you, you you can you can make the dots and con- and connect things and come up with a theory that
1: yes, Michael Jordan's um, gambling habits potentially led to his father's so uh, murder. I don't know. Like, there's people serving time for the body, right? I don't know. I didn't look into that. Yeah, so that's what I want to know. Like, like I want to know why, because cause I think they said they arrested two young dudes. So I want to know why, after they were arrested, there was no further, like, stories on, like, how these dudes killed Michael Jordan's dad. Like, that wasn't, like, a big media buzz. Everybody wasn't buzzing trying to figure it out. Like, I haven't really heard anything. Like, I have to actually dig to find that stuff. So, all that stuff to me is it doesn't really pass the smell test. Like, when, mm-hmm. when stories like that just get squashed, it doesn't really pass the smell test. What I did find extremely unclassy, though, is when he won the chip and he was crying because his pops wasn't there. They okay. Should've, they should have cleared out the locker room for that, yo. Like, I'm literally watching it and watching the shadows and feet of mad people just snapping pictures and... I'm like, yo, that's when the team should have came. That's why Jordan didn't fuck with Tim, probably. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm sitting here like, so if me and you are on a team and you go through something like that, that traumatic, that's some PTSD shit. And you just win a championship and you're literally sobbing like a baby on the floor. Yo, everybody got to clear off. Like, everybody's clearing out. I'm I'm, I'm ushering everybody out the door. Right now, we need a few. Because that... That to me was tough, yo. Like that was probably the hardest to watch out of everything. Cause I can imagine, like I'm someone who my pops has been there my whole life. Like I can imagine the day comes where I, I, I reach some milestone and he'd be one of the people that I turn to and, you know, crack a couple jokes or whatever. And it's like you turn to your right and he's not there no more. That's, that's hard, man. And people, people who didn't have that person in their life, whether it's a father or father figure, you won't understand that. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah,
0: I mean, like, I, I, I don't, I don't know if I, if I don't find it, if I don't find it, uh, if I find it like tasteless, like like you do. I mean, I understand where you're coming from, but at the same time, it's like that's like such a like emotional moment. where You want to like kind of get a snapshot of that. Yeah, uh, the uh, media are always trying to fight for, like the you know, fight to get the story out first to get the perfect image out. I know so, so if you want
1: to see it. Seen it like, you see it, and you snap a picture. Like, w- what would have been dope to me is if it was, like, his like his team standing around him, like, protecting him, and then you snap the picture through their legs, so you just catch a glimpse of Mike on the floor. But, like, something like that. But it's, like, in that moment, I can't just stand here and re- keep recording this, man, like, snapping pictures, heavy flash. Like, at some point, I got to be a human being, like, yo, he's going through it right now. I got my picture. Let me just get out.
0: Oh, okay. So you're saying that that they 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 can get the picture, you're saying that was fine. But they actually recording it and being
1: there for that. Okay. <laughs> you can capture you can capture the moment because it was definitely a very important and significant moment, but I don't like the sideshow. It's like, yo, he's on his stomach, like sobbing and rolling around on the ground, yo. Like, that's dog, get these cameras out of here. They got it already. Like nothing else is gonna happen but what's already happening right now. Like, let's I don't know. I I couldn't stand here and watch that. Like I got my picture, I'm out. Let me go get somebody else doing something like more fun.
0: Yeah, that, I think that's actually the first time like the like the the public has ever really, like heard like like heard him sobbing like that. We always seen the images, but that's not the first time we ever actually heard him weeping. Like that was crazy. So.
1: Yeah, that was too much. Again, like that pain. Like my dad is eighty seven years old now. Mm. No, eighty six. My dad's eighty six years old and. He's dealing with all types of health problems. So, again, it's something that's just more and more reality. Like, that's tough. Like, I can't imagine being in that position and look up and just seeing mad cameras. You're like, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm not with that moment. So, I appreciate them capturing it, but they didn't need to capture it for five minutes. (laughs) Like, at that that moment, let his family come in. Like, that might be a point where you get his wife – and his kids and whoever else, and his mom, and then you push them in the locker room and get everybody else out. Yeah. yeah.
0: So yeah, so simply so focusing on that moment, talking about the '96 finals. Would you make of uh, <laughs> Mike laughing at the clip um, of GP saying that um, he that he would have gave Mike trouble had he guarded them the whole finals? I mean, when Mike was laughing, that that was funny. It was real, real comedy. Made a clip made for a lot of good moments on social media with mad memes. Do you oh, think yeah. that he actually gave Mike trouble?
1: <laughs> He's a- He's an arrogant psychopath, like <laughs> yo. Because know, like end of the day, was Jeep was Gary Payton the MJ stopper, like Ruben passing, claim to be the Kobe stopper? Nah, but just to, to laugh that hard at Gary Payton, like bro, that's wild disrespectful.
2: <laughs> yo, like
1: man, Gary, Payton too. Gary Payton wasn't a walk in the park, so to even not even be able. If you don't give Gary Payton respect for how we play defense, you basically tell me you don't respect anybody who's ever played a game other than Magic and Bird? Like, literally, the only two people you respect other than yourself are Magic and Bird. You laugh that hard at Gary Payton? I don't know. I didn't respect him. <laughs> that was OD. That was OD. Like, <laughs> nah, nah, it, it really was OD. But GP was the, G- was the um defensive player of the year in that season when they played no each other. No doubt. And he bothered you for two games, so. He did bother him.
0: I mean, Mike, so Mike's, that was that was easily Mike's worst finals from um, um, final standpoint based on stats.
2: Dude, I remember that
1: because and- Sean Kemp was my favorite power forward at the time. Mm-hmm. I was all about Seattle winning that chip. So, that's the thing with MJ, yo, like, it's cool, but for the most part, I don't even really remember myself rooting for the Bulls to win like that. Hmm. Like, once once the Celtics are out, all right, I can root for somebody else. And if it comes down to the finals, East versus West, I'm going to always go East conference. So, by the fall, I was rooting for the Bulls. But I was never no beginning of the season. Like, yo, let's get it. I'm like, yo, Boston, we got to beat these guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: man. Yeah, I was like, yeah, he's good just just some GP like that. That's wild.
1: <laughs> no, nah, that, was, that was uncalled for. Yeah.
0: I mean, like I said, Mike, Mike, that finals with twenty-seven points a game, five rebounds, four assists on forty-one percent shooting from the field. I, I
1: I like to think that GP had something to do with that. Yo, so if you don't respect GP as a defender, who do you respect? Like, Joe that'd be, <laughs> that'd be uh, that's my question for Mike. If you don't respect Gary Payton as a defender, who do you respect? Yeah, I, I was like, wow, that's that's really bad. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. That was that was a bad I'm glad they made a meme out of that. MJ just gotta stop being excited. He gotta stop being emotional. Every time he gets emotional, there's a meme. If he's too happy, it's a meme. If he's crying, there's a meme. If he's drunk, you seen drunk MJ. That's my favorite one. <laughs> you seen the drunk MJ meme? Yeah. When he came out the car when he had the half ball of tequila? <laughs> Yo. That face. Said a million words, they were like, That's probably my favorite MJ. I put that on the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get this wavy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, yo! But let's, let's take a quick break because I want to talk to you about uh, your man Scotty. <laughs> <All
2: right. laughs> All right.
0: All right, let's pick up where we left off on this talk on The Last Dance. All right, so the first two episodes, a lot of people felt like, showed like empathy for Pippen, you know, getting that that bad deal, which he did sign, but nonetheless, it was a bad deal. Now, fast forward to last Sunday, you seen him elect to sit out on a final play and which the Bulls were down 2 nothing against the uh, Knicks because the play wasn't designed for him to take the last shot, but it said Tony Kukoc. So I asked you now, What's your perspective on Pippen right
1: now, after that those, those last two episodes? Um, pride, pride is a motherfucker, yo. Um <laughs> pride, yo, pride is like that friend that you know is bad news, that there's a high likelihood that we're gonna get in some shit, but we still gonna go anyway. Like, pride is a tough, tough friend. So for Pippen to still feel that way, he's lying, yo. Like, nah, that's pride. Like there's no way you can tell me sitting here today that you would have did it like that again. I understand what he was feeling, why he did it, but to look back in hindsight, if your hindsight sucks, then you probably just suck too as a person. <laughs> I I can't defend that. If you if you really don't have any wisdom in hindsight, then you might just be a shitty person too. <laughs> that didn't make no sense too. Like I get it. You're the guy, MJ's gone. You're not getting bread. This dude came from Europe. He's getting more bread than you. And now it's an important game, and they're drawing up the play for him. Here's my thing with Pippen. Go in there and do something else. Like, LeBron changes the plays. MJ changed the plays. Change the play. (laughs) Like, you can't sit out. Change the play. Change the play. Go in there and be like, yo, nah, yo, you inbound. (laughs)
2: <laughs> you
1: inbound. Do yo, yo, it, especially, especially if Phil didn't have no more timeouts. What are you gonna do? Yo, yeah, hey, I'm not doing that. Yo, you inbound. And we'll talk about that after. But like you know what? In the moment I was feeling myself and I, w- I was locked in and I felt like I had it. And I felt like it was my right to take that shot. Yo, it was cool it was Pippin's right to take that shot. Like end of the day it was. So we'll judge the decision because It's easy to judge it now because Kukoc made the shot. Mm -hmm. What if Kukoc missed it, Scotty? Don't got an argument like, "Yo, I should have took the shot." Yeah, but not enough argument to sit out. No, I (laughs) hear you. For Scotty to not take that shot, it's got to be him to give it up, just like LeBron. The ball's in LeBron's hands. LeBron's either gonna shoot it or he's gonna draw the defense and decide. You know what? I'm gonna throw it on your shoulders and let you hit the shot. Like Mm, I said, you're saying in the game. So you're saying
0: basically, Scotty could have at least like made the play and what either shot it or like to pass the ball as opposed to taking the ball yeah. out of
1: bounds. Yeah. So so it wasn't it wasn't great because it was 1.8 seconds. So it's not like you got time to run off a screen or do any of that. Like the ball's going into the shooter. I get that. You mm-hmm. get on the court. You look at the team. I'm the general. Yo, swing that. We're sw- we're swapping this and this. Get me the ball. I'm be open. What are you gonna tell you, nah, Scotty? He was the leader. Yeah. The best and it's on your shoulders. And you can get on the podium and go, you know what? I switched to play. I felt I was the better option. But again, uh, cool. he would have got, got killed no for that, though. Want to say it again?
0: He would have he got killed for that, though. If, if, he got the, no. if he got on the podium and said that, if he actually to switch to play, he would have got killed.
1: Yeah. No, nah, not as much as he's getting killed now for saying that I, I, I wouldn't change anything. True. No, true. Yeah. Like, end of the day, as a leader, I put it on me to win and lose this game. Like, I'm that guy on this team. If MJ was here, there is no – there is no – no option, period, that Kukos takes that shot. You understand? <laughs> so, with with, with Scotty feeling the way he feels, like, yeah, MJ's gone now, and I've successfully led us this far put it on my shoulders, yo, so I get it. I get exactly why he did it, how he felt about it, but he was wrong. And you can't still be wrong 30 years later. Like, come on, man. Yeah. yeah. I, I, was I, was like, the, I was like,
0: really, the, tip, and you're not, you you would do the same thing, you the same the, thing to the day?
1: The little Boosie, come on, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, I, I think this just shows that, I mean, just because you're a great player, which it is, you know, not necessarily a great leader. Like, clearly, Mike was the leader of, of the Bulls. Pippen was a great player. I mean, we saw him be great even, like, in Portland um, back in 99, 2000. But is he really a great leader? Everybody's not
2: meant to lead. And I think that he's one of the people who want. Well.
1: Yeah, but you can have the same conversation about MJ. I don't think he was a great leader. I think he was a leader. I think he was a good leader. But a great leader, nah. Like, well, you can't – I don't think Pippen's a leader at all.
2: <laughs> what? Mike's a leader. <laughs>
1: Yo, like you can't break people down and expect the most out
2: of them. Hmm.
1: That's that's but Mike, but, Mike, but, Mike did have, but Mike did have a good point though. I'm gonna, and in, in defense of Mike, and this point, he didn't make like the,
0: those guys, like who coach Kerr, they weren't really there for the grind when they had to go through like Detroit and eventually capture the first three championships. So Mike really knew like what it takes to be a champion. So if he if he knows what it takes to be a champion, he can like show them what it takes to get on this level and to sustain um, the eventual the eventual threepeat that they went on. So I might right. think that's the case there? All
1: that right, Rodman, takes- Rodman goes to Vegas and gets coked out with a bunch of prostitutes, and you go knock on his door and ask him to come back. What, but what you mean? Point- so Rodman takes off, he breaks the forty-eight hours, doesn't come back. MJ got to oh. go get him out of a fucking drug den with prostitutes, and he asked him to come back. But Steve Kerr is getting spicy, and Steve Kerr gets punched in the face. Hey, uh, hold, on, hold on, hold
0: on, hold on, too. Well,
1: Robin already uh, won, though. Robbin's part of the bad boys. He won two chips already. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. So aren't you going to be harder on him for not setting the example for the other guys? Hmm. But nah, you're not punching Robin in the face. What's going to happen? Ah, but also, too, we also
0: learned, too, on on Sunday that Kerr hit him first, though. Hit him in the chest first. So, not like Mike hit him first.
1: <laughs> okay. So, Kerr, what, shoved him hard in the chest? Something like that. Because the way they explained it, it didn't say that he punched him in the chest. He hit him in the chest. Okay, that's what cops say when you touch him. He him. <laughs> nah. Steve Kerr pushed him, and Mike snuffed him. And Steve Kerr couldn't do nothing back anyway, even if he wanted to, like, so. I don't know. People have respected Mike for punching Steve Kerr in the face. Um, hey. Okay.
0: <laughs> he did apologize later, too.
1: Yeah, but, like, dog, like, you punch Steve Kerr in the face, you're the littlest guy on the team. Like, that's that's the leadership that's not accepting no shit. Dog, my guy, my thing is, Punch Oakley or Rodman, yo. If if we get stories like that, I right. Mike Mike was a dog that wasn't having it from nobody. He punches so we can get away with punching. The two <laughs> nicest guys, Steve Kerr and Burrell, <laughs> the two nicest guys ever. Whoa, so,
0: so, so, right, so, so, so there you go though. He he wanted he wanted them to be meaner and be tougher because they were too nice. Rama yeah. wasn't a
1: nice guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. he
0: he was a nice guy. Oakley wasn't
1: a nice guy. He That's your that dog him already. That's your take on it. <laughs> My take is he punched who he knew he could get away with punching. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yo,
0: so um, so we was, we was talking earlier about you know people forget that Mike actually did lose in the playoffs against Orlando, albeit when he did come back clearly out of shape, but whatever. But that that Orlando team was actually like was really was really tough, yo, Young Shaq and Young Penny. You know what that team kind of reminds me of, too? It uh, reminds me of OK young OKC with Durant, Russ, and Harden. Because you can think about it. They got they got great um corner, cornerstone franchise players there. They both kind of – they both teams kind of, like, succeeded relatively early, making making the NBA finals and getting, like, beaten in almost like a dominant-type fashion. Though Orlando know, got swept
1: by Houston. OKC stole game one and lost in four to the Heat. No, they um, were built different. Like, they had – they had a big point guard. They had yep. the biggest center. They had Nick Anderson and Dennis Scott lighting up the threes. Then they pick up um Horace. Yeah. Like, yo, like there wasn't no suckers. Like the Bulls should've lost to them. Yeah. And the and yeah. And the Bulls didn't have a,
0: a forward yet. I mean, they didn't really like kind of replace Horace Grant yet. And they got yep. Roman after that.
1: Yep. So again, so, we're we'll talking about once Jordan started winning, he never lost again. That's not accurate, but that's Jordan's legend. <laughs> you know
2: what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like that's
0: no, I, I, I get it. I get it. Like. I get it. So what so what team do you think would have like been more successful had they didn't break up? Orlando with Shaq and Penny, OKC with Huss, Russ Rather, Durant, and uh
1: Harden. Nah, I mean, if you're going to give me an option with young Shaq, i might have to go with young Shaq. Mm. Penny was one of my favorite players back then. Um, Orlando was nice, yo. I'd got i I'd have to go with young Shaq. Um, OKC, there's not enough touches for them. So as James, like, as they all got better, who gets the ball less? Like, who shoots less, I should say? Well, it'll be hard, to definitely. Yeah, yeah right. right. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I right. no, no, no. gotta think about it though. When he was playing on OKC, <laughs> when he was playing on OKC, they they treated him kind of like how they used him, how San Antonio used Ginobili, being the sixth man, or coming in. But he finished the game, and he'd be the primary ball handler. When people say, "Oh, like OKC went into one because Russ makes a lot of mistakes," and, like, he no does make a lot of mistakes, but the ball would be in, in Harden's hand, he'd be yeah, off the ball.
1: But you see Harden's mentality though. There's only so long he would able he would have been able to stay in that role, like. He's
2: do you think, but do you think he do you think that he couldn't have
0: stayed in that role had he stayed in that system for the nah. whole his whole career?
1: Nah, <laughs> nah, honestly, though, like I personally feel like Russell Westbrook was what, what messed up that system. Yeah. Russ, Russ, Russ plays with a ton of energy, he goes 100 miles an hour, but yo, he will shoot you in and out of game sometime. Like, you're watching the game, like, yo, why would you shoot that? Yeah, you got Durant and Harden split on opposite wings, that's the shot you go with? Like, I get it. You're the point guard. You think you're open. That's because you always have the ball. Like, you're always going to be open. Like, you can't just shoot it. Like, Westbrook, I love his energy, but his basketball IQ to me is is lacking a lot.
2: That's
1: a fair assessment. I I would agree. Like... And again, like with, with his with his physical abilities, your decision making in crucial situations are terrible, man. Like, but, like if he have, if he had a bronze IQ, he would easily be the best point guard in the NBA. Like, yo, he'll, he'll he'll go a one on four <laughs> <laughs> down three with thirty seconds left in the game. <laughs> like, yo, what what are you doing, yo? Like, you just try to dunk it on him, all right? You pulled up a you pulled up for a mid-range jump shot with not one person trailing to play to rebound that shit. Like and and you weren't even open. Like it was a highly contested shot. Like if you made it, it'd have been a great shot. But since you missed it, that was a terrible shot, bro. <laughs> so I can feel the I can feel the red It was like playing with yo, it was like the Draymond thing. The KD kept clapping at him, like, yo, give me the ball, man. Like, what were you doing? I feel like oh, yeah. that looking at Westbrook sometimes, like, yo. Did you not see me, like, wide open, clapping, asking for the ball?
2: So. Yeah,
0: but see, he wouldn't. But, but, but KD, though, which, which he should be accountable for, because he never really tried to, like, express that to Russ. I felt like it was it wasn't as visible as, like, what he did with Draymond.
1: Oh, no. Nah. You never did that with Russ? No doubt, because because Draymond, Draymond's a lot of talk, I feel like. I feel like Russ might really just turn around and square up mid-game. Like, yo, <laughs> what you just say to me? Remember when he turned the flip on the fan? That didn't give him dap? Oh, yeah. Dog, that right there in the nutshell tells you about Westbrook. He's walking out into the locker room giving random people dap. One person gives the the impression that they pulled their hand back. He had to stop and check it. Like, yo, are you serious? <laughs> I, I, I like that with Russ. I like his energy. but No, nah,
0: I, 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 I like his attitude to the game. But like you said, his IQ is just so questionable. Like, his, like, his off-ball defense is atrocious. He'd be getting lost out there. Yeah. Yeah. But he's great. So, I mean, like, with comparison to that to that Orlando Magic team in OKC, I mean, it's unfortunate. Shaq was a free agent. Jerry West lured him away from Orlando to go play in L.A. But OKC, like, that is a travesty that after they get to the finals at such a young age, they decide to move Harden in the offseason because they didn't want to go over the luxury tax. And I feel like with them – they were like basketball was like changing underneath them, like and they're like they were moving away from like traditional bigs, and it was probably going more spread out. So like if the game was played how it is today now, and OKC was made that decision, they would have got rid of Ibaka and would have kept harder. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. So like, like the game like kind of like changed like right under their feet, and I know that they're kicking themselves because they have like they have three, they had three future league MVPs on their team. And
1: yeah, listen, Ibaka got his chip. He ain't mad. Oh, oh, yeah, man. Oh, Yo,
0: that's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Abaka got a shit before Russell James Harden.
1: Yeah. Yo, and considering they're playing together, until that changes, they're never gonna get a title. <laughs> never. Talk about all oh, their friends. Yeah, that's cute. Well,
0: well, well I mean, they are friends. They grew up in LA. Played,
2: yeah. I think they played AU
1: together too. And and that means what? Because their friends are gonna win a championship. Okay. Oh, No, they're not win a championship. Yo, they're both volume shooters. With high usage rates, yeah. when, that trade,
0: when that trade happened, I'm like, uh, "This doesn't. This like more like a desperate move by Daryl Morey to save his job, because um, obviously the Chris Paul experiment didn't work. Well, I'm not gonna say it didn't work, but it didn't meet the expectations. So what they do, they traded him for Chris um, for Russ, whose contracts were similar with the amount of money left on it. So that's like the only trade that was like real feasible. But still, like you said, like two volume shooters who need the ball in their hands a lot. Um, it doesn't." Did not make sense to me? Then don't make sense still right now.
1: Yeah, man, they needed a they need to put Harden on one wing, Westbrook on another wing, and they need like a Chauncey Billups to distribute the ball to him. Someone, see, that, yeah, but, but I, I don't know, I don't know who's a, who's a Chauncey right now in the league. Now that makes sense because Chauncey it was was a leader. Um,
0: you see when he did when Devin when they got bounced out the first round. You no, know, Chauncey he was, the
1: season, he the he was a leader. He was a scorer, but he was also a facilitator. Yeah. So he can not get his. So you gotta help, and uh, as you help, boom,
0: he'll find you. He'll find you. Yeah, man. Yeah, is really un- underrated. I felt like in his place in, in the NBA. I think Yo, somebody in my sports it. group. Asked, I think somebody in my sports group asked, uh, "Will he be a Hall of Famer?" I said,
1: "I think so." Yo, <laughs> I want to see that Pistons team thirty for thirty, like the the Last Dance.
0: Nah, whoa, whoa, whoa! That Pistons need, don't need a Last Dance type documentary. A thirty for thirty would be cool.
1: I don't know, I you know dance type thing. I don't know. With Ben Wallace, Rasheed, then you had it, wasn't that the whole era where the shit happened with the the Pacers? The Malice and the Palace? The Malice happened and so they won the chip
0: 03-04 season. Malice happened 04-05 season, the following season. So, after the
1: chip. Alright, so I mean, same same era and the way the documentary jumps around, they could definitely cover it. But yeah, man, um, yeah, I don't know, yo. I I would definitely be interested to watch The Last Dance. So I'm not saying it gotta be ten episodes, like
0: Yeah. No, but. I know I know what you mean. But not it, it would be a dope documentary, like you said, like
1: you got like the like these different personalities, like Rasheed who's wild. No, um, Rasheed came from, from Portland, went to Atlanta for like what, two games? I, I think one game. I think one game. And <laughs> then went and, and then went to Detroit and won the chip, yo. Like that that was a crazy season for Chief. <laughs> Yeah, I think he was like the. I think I think he was
0: the last superstar to get traded midseason and win the chip with that team, since uh, Clyde did that with Houston when they won the second chip in 05. I said yeah. 05, '95. So that yeah, they, they, that was crazy, yo. And, and and there was lockups like what they did to the Lakers in that series from a defensive standpoint was was, was special. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you could make a good documentary on that. Um, I, like I said, I don't know if it'd be like ten episodes of like the Last Dance, but yeah, I feel you. Cause, I, mean, th- I mean, think about it, like, have we seen a team since then really win a chip with no superstars? No. Nah. No, you Every can't. Every team since then has, won a ch- has has had at least one superstar on their team. I don't think anybody was a superstar on that Pistons team. Star, all-star, yeah, not a superstar.
1: Yeah, I agree. Tejon Prince, one of the most slept on. Yeah, he was – so do you think that, uh, in hindsight,
0: how do you feel about – um? Do you think that if they had Melo that they would have won more chips? If so, how much? Because I think they would have won probably, I think definitely two, possibly three with Melo. And I feel like with Melo, like his, his the narrative on his career would be so different if he actually got drafted by Detroit. But uh, but again, Joe Dumars wanted to go with uh, with Darko
1: and Darko. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely a stain on Joe Dumars. Uh, Melo when I look at that, I think Melo would have been a, a different player altogether, not even just, like, the change his history or whatever, but I think Melo would have actually came in the league as a young dude and focused on playing defense as well. Like Exactly. He would have been forced to play defense. He wouldn't have had a choice. He, he wouldn't have had a choice, so, and that would have changed his projection and where he ended up as far as, like, his basketball career. Because I agree, man. Melo would have been playing defense like that. That would have been taught to him from the beginning as something that was an important part of the game as opposed to you just being the guy that scores.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, and, and again, like the Pistons could have been set up for like for like several years to be like one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference and possibly get to the finals like several, multiple times too. So when we look back, I was like, damn, like they really took dark. I mean, I, I, I could see – where George was, was going because they already had Tayshaun Prince, who was a lockdown defender. He knew his role at the small forward position, so they wanted to, you know, get another big. But they could have, like, groomed Melo and, like, you know what I'm saying, like, kind of like how they did with Darko if, if they needed to, but Melo would have provided buckets too. Something that Darko didn't do. Really, were, Darko really got a chip. That's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, um, too early. So this week, uh, Chris Paul, uh, who was also as the president of the Players Association, he did have a, um a private meeting, well, a private phone call with several key players in the NBA: Braun, KD, Russ, and Kawhi, were names that were in the call. They were discussing like on uh, potentially coming back, finishing up the season as long as safety guidelines were followed. Um, so it looks like these guys are um these guys really want to um finish the season. What it looks like. Now I know I know you're saying that it's not going to happen or it shouldn't happen, but yeah, the players t- want that the, the key players at least want to do it and get this get this over with.
1: I don't think it's feasible personally, but
0: we'll see. I mean, also also interested too was on the call was Dane. Now the pl- now the Blazers aren't in the playoff picture right now, but I I did learn too that if the season doesn't come back, this could actually have a negative impact on the next CBA too. So it's not just about this season; it's about going forward and the money they the money they're going to make <laughs> going forward. So now you can see why these guys really want to get this season going. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to Adam Silver. He's going to have to be he's probably going to be forced with the biggest no. He will be forced with the biggest decision he had to make.
1: Yeah, you have you have too many variables where you have people who aren't incentivized to not break quarantine. So if I'm the last guy on the end of the bench who's not getting no burn anyway, you tell me I got to stay here in this hotel for two months with no girls. <laughs> Like, nothing. I can't, like, dude, we're going to break quarantine, man. Like, I don't I don't see it happen. I don't see a way it actually happens.
2: Hmm.
0: I mean, it's something to think about. But, yeah, I mean, if the, if, if the majority of the players want to do it and Adam Silver going to have to be – going to have a tough decision to make. I mean, he made a lot of key moves, like, getting rid of Donald, Donald um, Sterling and doing it real swiftly. Um, he's done a lot, a lot with, like, tackling social issues and, you know, being – a player's commissioner but this is going to be tough. Um and I think he said that he wants to make a decision in the next like 2 to 4 weeks. So that's something to be on a, on a lookout for. Did you say that ESPN list the top 10 players of all time they did recently? Nah. All right. So they so they put out actually top 74. Uh that's that list was was, was BS because they had Isaiah Thomas at 31. So ahead of him was Stockton and Nash. Like just right, right there this makes make no sense. But top 10, right? So I got it right here. Jordan at one, Braun at two, Kareem at three. I think pretty much that's like the top three to be on the top three players of all time list. You can can interchange Braun or Kareem, whatever. We got Russ at four, Magic at five, Wilt at six, uh, Bird at seven, Duncan at eight, Kobe at nine, and Shaq at ten.
2: I'm so, putting, like, putting,
1: those are the top ten players of all time. I'm putting Duncan over Wilt. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Um. I mean, primarily one, I didn't grow up in Wilt's era. I saw a lot of highlights, but it looked like he was abusing a bunch of guys who couldn't even bang with him. Like, <laughs> like he was bullying a bunch of little guys. Like, with Tim Duncan, he really changed how they played that position. No, he did. And he did it on both sides of the ball. And I remember yeah, – yeah, like, I don't know. But that's not, yeah, Timmy, that's not a bad list.
0: That's not a bad yeah, list. Yeah, I think Timmy was, uh, thir- like, 13 straight seasons, all NBA defense, yep. if I remember correctly. So, I yeah, that's it, tough. Um, yeah, like, like you said, with guys like Russell and and, uh, and Will, that was like – that wasn't the modern era. It's like it's so hard to, like, like tell those players on a scale with players such as, like, LeBron and Mike. Yeah, but
1: you also got right? <laughs> a factor in Tim Duncan gave up a lot to let Tony Parker, Ginobili do that thing. Like, Sean Elliott, like, he could have had a bigger part of the offense if he wanted. And even when, when they got Kawhi, he took a step back. He still d up, but he never he never focused on being the focal point of the offense, which would change his place in basketball history, I feel, if he was a guy that was worried about numbers.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. like one of the most unselfish superstars in league history. Like you said, like he aged gracefully. Like he knew, like he was, he was like on his last leg those last couple of years when they were uh, made, made it to the finals. And then you seen like Tony Parker become a more a more focal point of the offense. A young Kawhi was was emerging. You still had Manu as a sixth man, but Timoosh was doing was um, playing his role well. I honestly felt like in that finals when they beat uh, Miami in the, in the fourteen finals, like you could have made a strong case for him to get the um, MVP. Because he was, like, the most consistent player on the Spurs team, averaging 15 and 10. Like, Kawhi played bad the first two games, but then he killed it, like, the final and the rest of the games. So, he had
1: better numbers, but
0: from a consistent standpoint, I think that Duncan was the best player in that series. Yeah, but oh, also,
1: also you got to factor in that Kawhi's job was to lock down LeBron. Hmm. So, granted, that's, like, almost impossible to do, but he had to do everything he was doing on top of guarding LeBron. Like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. like, 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 like Kawhi, Kawhi. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I don't even know where to put Kawhi. It's just so weird, man. Like I don't, I don't like the fact that he takes twenty plus games off every season. But again, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not on his medical team. I don't know what he's dealing with, and maybe that's what he needs to do just to be able to play. Like not, and then, like you have other people who do that to get themselves an advantage. He might be literally doing that just to be able to play. So I don't know. The votes out. Like I gotta I gotta wait till Kawhi's done playing and look back at everything because he's a very interesting guy. Yeah, because with him, right, it's like his roles sh- like shifted dramatically throughout the course
0: of his career. Like he came in as, as a defensive stopper, not something that he was gonna get buckets. Like I feel like his evolution on the offensive end is one of the craziest in league history. He wasn't like getting buckets like that, and now he's getting buckets like, like a supreme superstar. Yeah. So it, it's it's weird. Yeah. And then you get, stuff, like, you get a factor when he's missing a lot, a lot of games through the injuries and then all this just, just load management. So it's going to be kind of tricky to see where to place him in history because, like, for me, I look at longevity. I don't I don't know if I can see, like, Kawhi being, like, an elite player into, like, year 16, 17 like
1: LeBron's doing. Nah, but you already see he can't because he's dealing with whatever injuries he has now that makes him take so much time off. Like, LeBron, yeah. like regardless of what they talk about, how much money he spent on, his like, keeping himself, like, in shape, he got a blueprint, though. Mm-hmm. He got a blueprint because, like, the only time I'm really even thinking about LeBron dealing with a major injury was a hamstring that cost him the rest of the season in L.A. And remember the game when LeBron got dehydrated and his whole body just locked up on him? That was against the Spurs, game one, I think. Yo. Game one like, of that finals. Like, other than that,
0: that dude is mad durable. Bro. Yeah. Well, he did have that issue, that little issue with his back. When he took like two weeks off. I think this when he, when he came back to Cleveland when they went to the finals that year without K Love and uh, Kyrie during that season, he did like, take like two weeks off to like rest his back. But yeah, but, like basically yeah. like, nothing ever really happened to LeBron yeah. from, a, from an injury standpoint.
1: Yeah, and it's not like he don't play hard, yeah, which he does every night. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, it's I don't know, he definitely got the blueprint though.
0: <laughs> what do you think about Kobe being at number nine? You think that's too uh, high?
1: Should be up high, or uh, well, Kobe at nine. Yeah, damn, I don't even think I, I that that one went by me. Kobe yeah, at Kobe five. at nine, Shaq at ten.
0: So here's my thing, right? So See, no, I, can I can leave Kobe I can I can leave Shaq say this.
1: there. I can leave Shaq there, even though to me he'd be higher. But I could leave Shaq there because I feel like Shaq's been an underachiever.
0: He has been. A, that's crazy. That's crazy to say that Shaq is an underachiever. Two-time scoring champion, league MVP, three time finals MVP, four time champion is an underachiever.
1: And I, and I agree with you, but it's just yo, crazy so, that that was. So imagine if he put the effort into his craft, what his numbers would have looked like, yo. Yeah. Like And he actually like like kept his body in shape. Yeah, man. Like Shaq was just a beast. If he and again, when he was when he was in Miami and he broke his big toe and he was out and Alonzo Morning was killing it. And then Shaq came back 25, 30 pounds lighter and was wild, yo. Like, it, it looked like Orlando Shaq again. And then...
0: And then in, in, even the, in Phoenix, when he made, um, he made the All-NBA team that year in Phoenix, like, they, they're really known for their medical staff and taking care of their players. And he was like, he was appalling that year, All-Star that year. So I, think was, I think that was the year he won a, um, co-All-Star against with Kobe.
1: Yeah, so I'm fine with leaving Shaq there, but Kobe got to move up.
0: Yeah, see, here's my thing with Kobe, right? Like, I feel like there's something things like with these lists, I think they're taking into consideration like obviously your, your stats, your team achievements, and your individual accolades. I mean, Kobe got one league MVP. Um, so I feel like Kobe has kind of been blessed and cursed somewhat of playing with Shaq for eight years. Um, because obviously he won, he won three chips with Shaq, right? But he wasn't the final MVP in any of those any of those runs. Yeah, annoying go to three straight without him and one-two with two final league, two final MVP. But he's only led the league in in
1: scoring uh, twice. So it was kind of like. So who got the MVP the year Kobe averaged like 35 points a game? Steve Nash. That's crazy to me.
0: So so here's my thing though too, right? So yeah, you're right. Like now Kobe averaged 35, but they were like the seventh seed. I was like, I, I was fine with that. But then fast forward now when Russell Westbrook wins it, I felt like when, when I knew that Russell going to win it because he averaged a triple-double, Like this is going to set a bad precedent because usually players who win MVP awards are usually a top three seed in their conference. So if Russ got
2: it then, then Kobe probably should have got it back in,
1: in 05-06 when he oh, averaged 30. It's uh, crazy points. because Russ did it again, and it's like, huh, eh, that's nice.
0: Exactly. Yo, yo, he didn't even get that. That was goals like that. Compared to the first time, Yeah, he averaged a triple-double. Like, so, 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 what did I say about the triple-double and how much you guys, like, actually value it?
2: Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: So, I mean, like, honestly, like, I, like if, if this was based off just, like, pure talent and skill, I don't think there's, there's three better players than Kobe Bryant just based off pure talent and skill. I'm, I'm, I'm not taking into it, team team achievements, just off talent and skill. I think Kobe's top of all time. But with this list right here, when we factor in everything, like the chips and
2: all that, yeah, he's 9-9 school. Uh, he should
1: have had a couple more MVPs though, but yeah, I agree. Um, I, I not I don't know, yo. I'd have to I, I'd actually have to look at that list and sit yeah, with it,
0: a little bit. It, it gets ridiculous though, man. Like, like I said, they have Isaiah Thomas thirty one, and they have like Kawhi ahead of him. They
1: have Steve Nash, yeah, James I'm gonna definitely check it when I get back to the spot because that's crazy. <laughs>
0: yo, like yo, yo, like, we, I, I, did I tell you that? Like, Isaiah Thomas is probably like the most underappreciated superstar in NBA history. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so you got two tips.
1: Because the way Isaiah got it, there was bully. it was playing bully ball. So people don't like the bullies. When the bullies ain't the bully no more, people don't want to be your friend. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I, I, that's crazy, Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. So uh, we could wrap it up here, man. We you feel for the rest of the day? Uh,.
1: Shit, man, I don't know. I'm about to probably go for a ride again. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, me. I'm, I'm just gonna lay low and just. Uh, I probably watch that that that
0: battle on IG tonight. Uh, Nelly and uh and Ludacris. But, um, yeah, you don't you don't have IG, so you don't be hip to, that. You, about, you, you hip to say, that.
2: I
1: might I might make an IG just to start watching some of these battles. Yeah, they, they be kind of
0: dope, yo. Like um, when I watched the. Uh, so, we had um, last week was Erica Badu and Joe Scott. That was dope. Um, Riza and Primo battled like a month ago. And they were like sharing their stories about the song that they um, chose to use in the battle and how it all came about and them showing like respect to each other. It was dope. So, yeah, tonight nice Nelly and Luda. So, I'll be tuning to that for a little bit.
1: I don't know yeah. if I can watch the whole
0: thing. Though. I'll get
1: the highlights.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it'll be on YouTube. Somebody
0: will actually screenshot the whole thing and put it on YouTube. Yeah. So. Well, that, my guy, we'll, uh, we'll talk will uh, soon. All right, righty. All right, my G, good looking out again.
1: Now hold <laughs> up.
0: All right, special thanks to the homie V. Appreciate you, my guy. Thank you to Anchor and thank you guys for listening. And if you enjoyed this podcast, which I'm sure you did, uh, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. The Mr. Vincent podcast is available basically wherever you listen to podcasts at. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. You can also keep up with me too on social media, Instagram and Twitter at MrVincent13. And you can like my Facebook fan page as well emmanuel vincent uh well that's all the time we have for now uh we will be back uh, relatively soon hopefully uh until next time you guys stay blessed stay safe and stay home take care